From the office of the City Auditor in Austin, Texas, this is Audit ATX, a podcast about the audits and investigations our office does to make Austin better for all residents. We're your hosts, Maria and Kelsey. In today's episode, we're talking with investigator Andrew Williams about an investigation our office recently conducted. This investigation found that two former city employees violated city code by having conflicts of interest. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, Andrew, this investigation had to do with a conflict of interest. Can you tell us generally what a conflict of interest is? Sure. Uh, A conflict of interest happens when uh, a city employee or official has a personal connection to a project or a decision that can make it seem like they're biased in their city work. Basically, the conflict of interest creates a risk of that employee or the official um, benefiting personally from their city job. And and I'll give you an example. And this is hypothetical, by the way. Uh, Say I work at the health department and I happen to have an outside job that I do on the weekend managing a food truck. You can see that there might be a potential overlap between my city job at the health department and, and that side business. That overlap could create a, a conflict, which means I shouldn't inspect my food truck as a you know health department employee or issue a health permit for my business. And there's some other situations, some other examples that, that could potentially lead to, to a conflict of interest beyond having an outside job. It could be you know, because you receive salary or fees from a a job that you held previously, like in the past year. It could be from owning real estate or stock in in a company. It could also be from um, sitting on the board of directors of either a for-profit company or a nonprofit. And then lastly, and this is a, a somewhat complicated one, but it could also be because a close relative of yours has a substantial interest or or like a financial stake in any of those previous examples that I mentioned. So why does the city code prohibit these conflicts of interest? I'm glad you're asking. The city has to treat everyone equally. As employees of the city, we have to avoid situations that might make us seem biased uh, in our work towards certain people, groups, uh, businesses, or, or toward ourselves, right? The city doesn't allow employees to have conflicts of interest because of that risk of uh, favoritism or, or personal benefit. As city ethics rules should say generally that uh, our city work shouldn't overlap with uh, our personal financial interests. You know, to do our jobs, to, to operate effectively as an organization, the city uh, needs residents and, and employees of the city to trust that we're uh, doing the work that we do because we care about public service and, and not because we're trying to get a benefit for ourselves uh, or for a relative. And uh, even, even a perception of a conflict can damage the the public's trust in the city. And so in this particular case, you found a few different conflicts of interest. And all of these conflicts were related to a city event that was held back in 2019 called the Civic Future Summit. Tell us about this event. This was a two-day tech conference that happened in early October 2019. Uh, About 100 or 120 people attended over those two days. The summit was paid for primarily with um, city funds, but also some uh, proceeds of ticket sales. And actually, that last point is important. Most of the attendees at the conference who are not from the city of Austin uh, bought tickets to the summit through an online event platform. 
And so who were the city employees involved with this and, and how were they involved? This case involved um, two form, now former employees uh, of the city's IT department, which is called Communications and Technology Management. And those employees are named Ben and Marty, and they both helped plan and oversee different uh, components of the, the Civic Futures Summit. Ben, in particular, made most of the key decisions about how to handle the event's finances. Ben's decisions about, handle, about how to handle the ticket revenue from the summit eventually led to conflicts of interest. Okay, so tell us what happened. Absolutely. So uh, I'll lay this out in, in sort of four, uh, four general areas, and I'll start with what you might expect to happen in, in a situation like this involving a, a city event and, and revenue going to, to an online uh, event platform. The summit happens over two days in early October. In terms of what we might expect to happen, we, we would hope that the online event platform would send the ticket proceeds directly to the city. And then the city would pay any outstanding expenses from the event, and, and that would be the end of it. But that didn't happen here. What actually happened was, was this. Uh, ben and Marnie and some of the other organizers of the Civic Futures Summit tried to involve a, a third-party organization that would receive the ticket revenue from the summit and pay some expenses. But that third party fell through shortly before the summit. And what ended up happening is Ben decided to set up a nonprofit. Uh, he joined its board of directors and he sent the ticket revenue from the summit to that nonprofit. Now, why did that happen? Uh, in part, and I'll just talk about this you know, briefly, um, we found that this happened because uh, Ben and Marnie received some inaccurate financial guidance from senior leadership at communications and technology management. That advice that they got from, from senior leadership led them to believe that they would have to involve a third party in the summit's finances. Now, the outcome of this was, was important for this case because it led to the conflicts of interest. Uh, specifically, uh, Ben made two key decisions about how to handle the ticket revenue from the summit. Now, just to be clear, that ticket revenue should be considered city funds. The city was entitled to that money. What he did is he sent the ticket revenue from the summit to the nonprofit that he set up. That created the first conflict. And in the process of transferring the summit revenue to the nonprofit, Ben actually sent the funds through a company that he owns. That transfer to the company that he owns created a second conflict of interest, both for himself and for, for Marnie. Ben had a second conflict because he owns the company. And Marnie also had a conflict of interest because of her financial interest in that company because Ben and Marnie are married. Now, these transfers of city funds to entities that they both control created a risk of them keeping some of those funds. But I should be clear, we didn't find any evidence that Ben or Marnie misused or stole any city funds. So, Andrew, can you talk to us more about why this matters to the city and to Austin residents? This was important for a few reasons. This case, first of all, highlights the risk of, of conflicts of interest, of course, but also how city funds can be misused and how other types of ethical issues can come about when city staff work with outside entities and, and, and where the city might have not have uh, totally clear oversight over those entities. It also highlights some of the consequences uh, of situations where city management and staff may not be familiar with city policies, whether that's on financial management or city ethics rules. 
And more broadly, this matters because um, the city, and, and as we touched upon earlier, residents expect all of us as employees to behave ethically and to handle public funds responsibly. So, Andrew, you mentioned earlier that these employees were given inaccurate financial guidance. What sort of guidance did they receive and what guidance should they have received instead? CTM management appears to have told Ben and Marnie that CTM, that's Communications and Technology Management, um, couldn't accept cash payments from external parties. And CTM management appears to have given them this, um, this advice as they were planning a different city event, actually in, in early 2018, that was also partly funded through ticket sales. Now, like you said, um, the financial advice that CTM leadership gave to, to Ben and Marnie about the department not being able to receive cash payments from outside parties uh, was not accurate. City departments can and often do receive payments from outside parties. Think about average residents paying their electricity bills or, or library fees for, for books or, or, or DVDs. I can tell you that some departments, though, often don't receive revenue from outside sources. They operate solely on, on funds uh, that, that the, city, the city generates. What departments can do in that case is, first of all, consult with the city controller's office. That office, the controller's office, suggests that city financial staff consult with, uh, with the controller's office if they ever have questions about how to handle financial transactions. So we've talked about conflicts of interest in past episodes as well. Where can employees in the city go to learn more about conflicts of interest and to make sure that they know what they are and how to avoid them? This is such an important point, uh, Kelsey. First of all, the city has regular ethics training and, and city employees are required to do that on, on a yearly basis. It's called city ethics. City employees should also uh, abide by a couple of other uh, points if they ever have questions or concerns about ethics matters. First of all, they should always take concerns to their uh, supervisors or to their department human resources. But there's another great resource that I want to talk a little, little bit about, and that is the city's law department, which has an ethics and compliance team. And that team, uh, one of its, its core duties is to answer questions uh, from employees and to offer guidance about city ethics rules. They have both a, an email address and a phone number where city employees can, can go to ask those questions about, about anything having to do with ethics and whether something might be appropriate or, or not. That phone number, by the way, is 512-974-2180. Now, city uh, employees can also find some detailed information about city ethics rules and guidance about different situations that could present ethical issues including conflicts of interest on the city's intranet page called City Space. And they can find that under policies and procedures and then city ethics resources. And then I'll make one final point about, uh, about ethics issues. We invite city employees and residents to review past reports that we've issued as uh, the city auditor's office on our website or to report concerns about misconduct at austintexas.gov auditor. Awesome. Such important resources for all employees to know about and, and to have available to them. Thanks so much for joining us today, Andrew. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Audit ATX. This report is available on our website at austintexas.gov auditor. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Austin Auditor. 
and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Bye-bye.